Welcome to another episode of The Session. I am Timothy Teach Jones. What's up, y'all? This is Dwight James Jr. And we are diving right back into last week's episode on dating with a purpose. Now, Dwight, you got passionate, man. We started talking about <laughs> putting our cards on the table, open yeah. communication. You shared a story about you and Crystal when you guys first met, man. Can you get back into that, please, for those that may not have heard the last episode? Yeah, we talked about putting all of our cards on the table. And so when Crystal and I started dating, Tim, it was that first date, I believe, where I just told her, like, listen, I am not a mind reader. Mm -hmm. So whatever you feel, whatever you have to say, you have to just come out and say it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have been in relationships in the past and been involved with people who you could tell by body language and different things that they're upset. Yeah. Then when you ask them, hey, what's going on? What's are you all right? You seem mad. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm okay. Exactly. All right. So I didn't want to go through that again. So I just put all my cards on the table as far as communication and said, listen, if you have a problem, Mm -hmm. just come out and say it. Do you know this is a I mean, I have an opinion about this because I'm single, but I really want to know what you think. Just, you know, two brothers talking. Yeah. Do you think that it's ever too much information to share uh, up front? Because, I mean, even last week you talked about credit scores and finding out. And I'm not implying that you were saying that that needs to take place on the first conversation. But I got the perception that it needs to take place at some point while you're getting to know the people. But what are some things that you think uh, should be covered like when you initially meet someone? And what do you think is just like, hey, too much? Like, And I think I said last week, you know, if you were uh, unfortunately, you know, assaulted when you were five years old, you don't have to tell that person that the first time you meet them, because number one, you don't know them and right. they need to earn your trust before Absolutely. you share that with them. But what are some things just, I mean, off top that you say, because you have a sister, I have sisters. What are some things that need to be shared immediately? No, I, I agree with that. You're that first initial conversation. You're just getting getting used to the person, you're introducing yourself. So that's really like general surface stuff. You know what I mean? Like they don't need to know, like you said, different things about, you know, your childhood pain or different things like that. Consider it like a job interview. Mm-hmm. You are you are interviewing this person. So when you go in for a job interview, one of the things they tell you is don't ask about salary. Yeah. Although like you, you know, you want to know that information, but that's not the first question you ask when you go to a job interview. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so it's the same thing in a relationship. One of the first things you want to know is surface stuff such as, you know, where are you from? You know, maybe like family life. Do you have any children? You know, um, things like that, like simple stuff. Now, as this relationship begins to develop, that's when you and you see this this getting serious, Tim. That's when you want to know um, things such as, like I said, like financial responsibility. And a lot of stuff is just going to come out in the natural flow of the relationship. Yeah. There were things that I found out about my wife when we were dating that I never had to actually ask. It just kind of came out as we're getting to know each other, as we're learning more about each other. You. Um, 
the mask begins to come off. You start peeling back the layers of this onion. Sure. So you start learning more. Well, you know, I'll share a little bit because you mentioned, you know, finding out about, you know, uh, the introductory conversations and then you segued into, you know, later on, you need to ask about financial stability, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But guys, those, those of you that are listening, there's some things in the middle that I want to share with you because this is where I live in terms of like dating because I'm not married. You know, some of the things I want to know up front. Because, you know, and I know all the single people, your, your ears are perked up right now because we don't want our time wasted. We don't right. get this time back. Right. So, you know, I know in one of the points earlier, Dwight, on the last episode, we talked about, are you looking for a playmate or a soulmate? Well, if you're serious about dating with a purpose, then you don't want to have a three-month relationship with someone and you guys just go out to eat and you go to the movies and, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, current events in Hollywood and on in sports and TV and media and politics. And then three months later, you start getting to know each other, realize you don't like that person, but you wasted three months. That's how I view it. Some of the things I want to know up front, I'm not going to ask you your, your credit score, but I want to know your faith, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, because we got to be on the same page. I want right. to know how many kids you have, you know, and how many baby fathers you have. And, and I want to tell you the same information. And I want to know how you get, a, get along with those fathers. And I want to know the ages of your kids, because maybe I don't want to change diapers at this stage in my life. Or maybe I'm willing to. But I also, everything that I ask Dwight, I'm willing to tell them. And I want to know, you know, like, um, about you know, your, a typical day, your routine, um, your parents, are they alive? Did you have a good relationship with them? Um, you know, it, these are things that you, you can kind of get to know someone in, a, in about 15 minutes and get inside their head and find out like the things that are important to you. I know, you know, on, in a future episode, we're going to talk about exercise and things like that. If, if someone tells you, oh no, I don't, I don't believe in exercising. I just want to eat then you need to identify, is that what you want to do? Are you guys on the same page with that? Because it's not one singular thing where it's like, okay, we got the same faith. Yeah, we may have the same faith, but there may be eight other things that we are on two different spectrums and we cannot cohabit. What is it called? Cohabitate, Dwight? Cohabitate, yeah. Yeah, we can't. So, so I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, like for our listeners, like walk me through this process. You find someone that you're interested in at Starbucks, Mm -hmm. using Starbucks as an example. You find someone that you're interested in at Starbucks. You see that person. There's like a common interest. She's eyeing you. You're eyeing her. Yeah, there's chemistry. There's chemistry. So while you're sipping on that latte, you're going to you're going to go introduce yourself to her and then ask her, hey, do you have kids? Do you have baby daddies? Okay. How old, so- <laughs> like, at what point are you asking these questions? OK, that's a good question, Dwight. Number one, that's not my get down. So I don't know who um, you know, everybody listening introduces themselves differently. I am 45. I have never approached someone ever in my life. Um at a Starbucks or at a restaurant or anywhere and started talking to them. Right. I don't feel comfortable with that. You know, I, I need to be introduced to someone. I need to meet someone organically. So that's just me. But there probably are people on the phone that go to these spots and sit there and sip on tea and, you know, and eyeball the, 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 the what is it called? The, 
parishioners, the, what's it called? The, the customers. The customers. But for me, Dwight, to answer your question, once I, you know, meet you, um, no, I'm not coming out the gate in a, in a very first conversation with okay. how many kids you have. Although that's great conversation. You got to talk about something. And I think that the people listening have to get comfortable. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about sports. We can talk about, you know, the day and current events. But I think that we need to find creative ways to segue into what really matters. No, I agree with that. I thought, and, you know, some of the listeners might might agree or disagree, but the way I heard it the first time as we're talking was like, these are some of the things you want to know, like, right away. And so my question is, okay, well, define right away. Are we talking first couple conversations we're just jumping right into this or as like you said is this thing happening organically but at the same time we're not wasting our time yes now Dwight when I say organically it all depends on the person you're talking to because you know you and Crystal had a certain flow when you met her but then there's certain people that are very guarded and you know when you're talking to them you ask a question they give a one-word answer you're not going to get to second base with this person and start talking about, um, you know, uh, how many kids do they envision themselves having, having in the future if they don't have any. However, there are times, and for me, that's a red flag, which we'll get to in a minute. If you don't want to talk at all, I'm out. Because what are you hiding? Like, why don't you want to communicate? I think that the open communication, put your cards on the table. It has to be a two-way streak. And the question is, do the... Does the other person even want to put their cards on the table? No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation we can have. But that wall, I mean, that wall is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, President Trump talking about building the wall. The walls are, (laughs) and a lot of people, their walls are already built. Yeah, man. You know, so that's, no, I agree with that. I don't want to go in too much deep in that, but. No, that's good. Well, Dwight, and I don't want to use Crystal, my sister, as an example, unless you feel comfortable with that. But whether it be her when you were dating her or just you being single in your mind, your thought process, what were some red flags to you that were like, okay, this might be a deal breaker. This might at least be an area of concern. Um, I need to pay attention to this. Do you remember? Because I know you've been married for 10 years. But, you know, what if you were talking to your sister or to me? What are some red flags? Well, a red flag for me was and would be still, do we believe the same thing? Mm -hmm. You know, as far as faith and things like that. Like, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Let's just put it like that, you know. Uh, So that's 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 my number one. And how can we walk together unless we agree? If we can't agree on that, then this is going to be a very short walk. Now. Uh, some some other red flags are like common interests. You know what I mean? Do we are we even interested in the same stuff? Uh, I'm trying to remember when we were Crystal and I were dating. I had a list. Mm-hmm. I, I had a list of things I wanted in a person, and none of them, honestly, Tim, were like physical. Uh, nothing on the list was physical. A lot of things were like, just like personality type and uh, the way you carry yourself and things like that. Like all of that was like more attractive to me. But as far as like red flags, one was, are you, are you even like trustworthy? Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? And so with Crystal and I, we were friends for the longest before we even started dating. And so it was easy to pick up on certain red flags mm-hmm. prior to us even dating. Yeah. And so that whole aspect of being friends before you develop yeah, a yeah, yeah. type relationship, I mean, that is key. Well, yeah. Dwight, I'm going to jump in because you you probably said something that kind of summarizes this entire dating with a purpose. People, I think we got to start building friendships yes. as opposed to, I'm not against eHarmony and Match.com and Christian Mingle and Black People Meets, you know, to each his own. But I, I think that if we go out hunting for a spouse, then we, you know, subject ourselves to the possibility of like, you know, a catastrophic ending. But if you're building a friendship with someone, it'll be easy to talk. Um, You know, these podcasts for Dwight and I as friends, these are just extensions of our friendship for 20 years. So it's easy for me to get on the phone and talk to Dwight about anything because that's all we do. Had we been preparing for 15 years for a podcast, it would have been too much pressure. And it's like, you know, you jump in here, then you stop and say this. But here's some red flags for people from my perspective as a single man. Like I was talking to a young lady about a year ago. When I say talking, I mean like the first conversation. We were not dating. We weren't together. I didn't know her. But in the first conversation, I don't know how it came up because I wasn't probing and prying. But it came out that she did not want kids. That's a red flag for me because yeah. I have kids. Right. So I want people to know red flags are not bad things. Red flags are you identifying that we're not on the same page with each other. And no matter how fine that person is, you cannot spend your time trying to change them. If I meet someone who says, you know, my dream, my passion right now in the next six months is to move back to my hometown in Brooklyn, so to speak. I, that's a red flag. Because my youngest daughter is 16. She's a sophomore in high school. I'm not leaving her. So instead of me trying to change you and convince you not to go back to New York, which is your dream, you go live your dream. We were not a fit. So the red flag is not I'm good, you're bad. The red flag is just we don't agree on some things that are deal breakers. Now, let me let me jump in right there that I agree. I agree with that. Now, red flags are times where you have to put your cards on the table yes, and really, really talk mm-hmm. those things through. Because like when Crystal and I were dating and some of the, some of the listeners might even know this story, when Crystal and I were dating, I was adamant on returning to California to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Crystal was adamant on returning <laughs> to the Bahamas and doing ministry there. Mm-hmm. And so now we're on two different spectrums. Like, okay, how is this thing going to work? Mm-hmm. So we had to like talk this through. And as we started dating and, you know, developing more of a relationship, we were like, okay, hold on. We got to make a decision here. <laughs> and so what we ended up deciding on was uh, we would still, we would return to California, be in California <laughs> for a period of time. And then we would transition to Florida mm-hmm. and be closer to the Bahamas. Wow. And then that way we're still in the middle, you know, as far as with family. Now, things have changed over time. It's 10 years. Uh, you know, 
members of my family, like my mom, you know, she's here in Florida now. Well, right. we discussed this 10 years ago. That wasn't in the equation, mm-hmm. you know? And so now there's, you know, different, I don't know when this podcast would air, but there's different family members talking about coming to Florida. Sure. And hey, I re- I welcome you all. Anybody want to come, come on. Now, that part is all a part of that conversation. Going back to the your example with Brooklyn, well, if the girl says, hey, I'm going back to Brooklyn, that's a red flag, but that's not a reason to just cut off the relationship. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you got to really talk that out. And if she is adamant, like, you know, look, I'm going to dance on Broadway and I ain't doing nothing else. <laughs> well, baby girl, you go to Broadway and I'm going to do my thing out here. Well, see, D, you hit on something that's a whole different conversation. So I, <laughs> I mean, I can't even go there right now with you. But like you just said, um, I'm using you as an example, you said that you got family members that are saying they're going to make their way to Florida, possibly. And you said to them, well, y'all come on down. Notice this. They're not moving to Texas and you're following them. So, but, but here's my point in saying that, because I know this has nothing to do with dating, but I hope the women are listening to this. Yes. You yes. better talk to a man that knows his purpose. I'm going to say that a couple of times for the ladies that are that are listening. If you can tell that man that I'm going to move to Africa, and he's like, well, I mean, I, I always did like Swahili. And then you say, you know what? I changed my mind. I want to move to Asia. And he's like, well, I can, I can find me some shrimp fried rice down there. You have a problem. You, you need to find a man, and I'm talking about Dwight right now, I'm talking about myself, but this whole dating with a purpose, you better meet somebody that knows their purpose, because otherwise, that's the whole, like, when I say Brooklyn, it's because I know where I'm supposed to be, D. Absolutely. And, and I hope that the listeners know that we're not just talking about going on a dating site or meeting somebody at Starbucks and getting to know them, and you guys can potentially get married. That leads us right into it. I don't care if we go back and forth with this. This conversation is great. We are literally, and Dwight, I want to know your honest opinion about this. I I read this somewhere and I agree with it 100%. You need to find a partner in purpose. Now, I'll talk about you since we're on the phone. Crystal, you met someone who was compatible with you even in your purpose. For those that don't know, they met in college at ORU. They were both getting their master's. And they both graduated. And so for her, yes, D, to your point, she was adamant initially about going back to the Bahamas. But I feel very strongly that she initially or ultimately came to California with you because of your confidence about this being your purpose, not being like, I want to control the situation. Well, you, you kept your word. Now you guys are in Florida, which is, you know, two hops and a skip from the Bahamas. But I strongly encourage men and women, you got to find out what your purpose is. And I know that was the first episode, but that kind of like sums up your life. And once you know that, then you won't mislead someone else. You won't try to change someone else. I didn't have a lengthy conversation with the woman who said she didn't like kids because I'm not going to try to change you. You were adamant about that. And I I do have kids. I do know my purpose. I'm not going to end up in Brooklyn. Um, you know, my steps are ordered and, and you gotta find someone that is compatible with your purpose. I'm trying to change them. What do you think? No, I agree with that. That's a great point, Tim. With Crystal and I going back to that example so that people are clear, 
I didn't convince her to come to California. I didn't say, well, if you don't come to California, this relationship is over. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mentors and we talked about mentors in another episode, but I had mentors in my life. She has mentors in hers mm-hmm. and together collectively, uh, we all discussed this and came to the conclusion, you know what, this is the best direction to go. We prayed about it and that was the best option because mm-hmm. honestly, I did not plan on returning to California after I finished ORU. Mm-hmm. But I knew once I had finished that that was, that was the best, What's, right. best place to go. Now, you touched on uh, something else a minute ago. And it was this, it's, you have to have, if it's going to work, I don't care what kind of relationship it is, a friendship. And like this case, we're talking about dating with a purpose, Mm -hmm. knowing you, yes, find someone who knows their purpose, but you better know your own purpose as well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because those purposes are going to collide and they're going to work together. Mm-hmm. Just like you mentioned a, a minute ago with old girl who didn't want kids or didn't like kids, whatever. Well, that's not only a red flag. I mean, you, honey girl, you are disqualified from the game. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> you are ejected <laughs> from this situation. Yeah, you are not the mama. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to know that it is so important to understand who you are before you get linked up with somebody else because I see that a whole lot in relationships and that kind of touches on our point as far as being connected and equally yoked and all that. You have a man who is full of passion and full of purpose. You have a woman who is unclear. And so that I'm not, no one feels I'm bashing. It can go either way. But when you have that, where one is super clear on their direction, the other one is not. The one who is not will attach themselves to the purpose of the other. It'll work for a period of time, but after a while, you're going to start resenting this new life that you have. You see it all Mm -hmm. the time with athletes. You know, you see it, you know, in the church world where you got this pastor, but now the wife hates ministry. You know what I mean? And then you have in the sports world, these athletes, well, they're traveling all the time. Well, the the spouse hates it, Mm -hmm. but this is what you signed up for. And so my point in that is, as we're dating with a purpose, as we're trying to find that perfect mate, understand you can't find what you're looking for until you know who you are individually. Right. Dwight, while you're talking, man, two things I want to say quickly. One, you just as a friend helped me to uh, be flexible when it comes to certain things. And I know that the listeners feel the same way. And, um, you know, we talked about early on knowing what you want, you know, in the first uh, part one of this episode, you gotta know what you want. And if you want kids, if you don't have kids and you want them and your biological clock is ticking, you're, you know, 38, 39, and that person's adamant that they don't, you need to listen to that. Now, Dwight, I know this is not on our notes at all, but as you were talking, I want to tell the single people, one of the things that will cause you to ignore red flags or to, uh, uh, what do you call it, relax your standards mm. is introducing sex 
prematurely. Now, now I want everybody to listen to me when I say this because I'm single and I'm qualified. You need to write this down and get this book by Devon Franklin called The Weight. Because listen to me, when you guys meet somebody, if you introduce sex into that relationship prematurely and that person says, you know, uh, I want to move to Brooklyn <laughs> before uh, in sometime mid-2020, you might deep down inside feel like, you know, your purpose and God is leading you to do something totally different and you've known that for years. But man, I tell you, that sex is so good. We just go, we can talk about it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about it, Jamal, and just, just, just see, see how it works. The sex can distract you from what really matters. So I'm not the guy. Please don't think that I'm telling you, you know, how to live your life. What I am telling you is, you wouldn't give your 12-year-old your, your keys to a car because they will destroy themselves even if they think they can drive. And when you're getting to know someone, if you introduce um, you know, intercourse prematurely, I go from getting to know you to getting to know your body. And girls, you meet a guy that puts that thing on you good enough, you won't care about nothing else until it's too late. And, and guys, you meet a woman who just completely mesmerizes you, you know, with, with sex, then now you're not thinking straight. You're not listening anymore. All you're thinking about is when are we going to connect again? So I just need you guys to hear my heart when I say that. I could have fun. I could be crude and we could all laugh. But it's, it's a fact. Um, and Dwight, I mean, you're on the phone. You waited until you got married. Is that correct? Right. Her? Yes. Let why? Me, let me, I mean, let me I mean, say I know that. we only have like one or two minutes, but why did you do that? Because of what you just said. One, I had I made a commitment and a promise, not only to her, I made a commitment and promise to her parents. I made a commitment and promise to God. And I'm so glad that we did because that, like you just said, sex changes everything. It does. You know, if we would have did, if we probably would have had sex prior to us getting married, I, and if she said, hey, we're going to the Bahamas, I would have said, yes, that's right. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm going to get them cakes in the Bahamas. <laughs> that's where we're going. It's because you can't even think straight. Now you done lost focus. Yeah. And so, no, with, with my wife and I, we waited for that very reason. You can't make good sound judgments if you all twist it up in the head mm -mm. because yeah. you're getting something. Exactly. You know, so I agree with, I mean, that is a hundred percent. I mean, get the book. I mean, do what you got to do, but listen now, now I need you to address this real quick, Tim. I know we only got a few <clears throat> seconds. What if they've already had sex though? I mean, where, where do you go from there? That's a great question. D I was actually doing a conference out of town earlier this year and midway through the conference, the facilitator asked me to, or the host asked me to stop and kind of like do a Q&A with the audience. And the young lady, you know, she stood up and told me about how rocky the relationship was. And, and, and the, the host told me afterwards at dinner that they were shocked, pleasantly shocked that I asked her in front of everyone. I said, well, have you guys had sex yet? Because I was listening to the way she was describing the relationship. It sounded like he was already getting some yeah. because people change, you know. And so she said, yes, we're actually living together. 
number one, I commended her on her honesty. But to your question, Dwight, that's something that you have to stop and you really have to do inventory about. Am I saying that you have to break up with that person? No, but there's a very good chance that you're going to have to have a heart to heart with that person about are they willing to stop? If they're like, why? Why you want to just throw that? I mean, we was happy. It was a good thing. If they're not willing to respect, if there's not a mutual, like you just said, you talk to your wife's parents, homie, that's beautiful. If you are in a relationship with a man or a woman, because, you know, women can be sexually aggressive. But if you're in a relationship with someone and you've already started having sex and you're like, you know what, this has become a distraction because that's inevitable. That's not if, that's, that's when. And I want to stop and now I want to get to know you and I want us to get to know each other and I want us to identify, you know, a, a better way, God's plan for our, our future marriage. If they're not 100% on board with that, meaning that they're willing to start making adjustments to how you guys hang out. You don't need to be at each other's house at midnight. You know, you don't need to be, um, you know, heavy petting, except if they're not willing 100% to, to go there with you, then I strongly encourage you to end the relationship. It's worth it because in the end, to Dwight's point, you want to have, a strong relationship. And in order to have a strong house, you have to have a strong foundation. And that's not built on um, honey buns and, and cakes. That's built on communication. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I agree with that. That is essential. One, to fulfilling your purpose is essential to a great foundation, a great relationship. You know, putting that out there you know, ladies, guys, communicate. You know, if you've already gone down that road and this is the person you want to build with, you got to reestablish. You got to communicate with each other and be like, okay, this is how we're going to operate going forward. Because there's nothing better on that, that wedding night, Tim. Come on. When you have waited all this time, you've, you know, communicated prayed, whatever you did. And then now you get to come to that point where now you guys can come together as one now, or, you know, however you want mm -hmm. to describe it. It is so much different yeah. when you didn't, you know, have sex the entire relationship. Now you get to the wedding night and now it's just any other yeah, night. It's not special. What? It takes the specialness out of it. And, you know, I know guys, you know, they don't care about all that, but women yeah. do. They want to feel that that special, that value. And so, you know, for those of you, for guys, I think about it like this. I have daughters, you know, Tim, you have daughters. I want someone, my prayer is, you know, they will value yes. her, not, not her body. Thank you. Her, you know, and... I set the standard in that. So how I treat Crystal is going to be a direct result of how I want my daughter to be mm -hmm. treated. You know, and so, you know, same with you, you know, your girls and things like that. But come on, listen, chase after purpose, date with a purpose. If that ain't the one, then shake him loose, shake her loose and 
choose to follow destiny. Yes. D, when you talk about waiting and you talk about it being special and how you and Crystal waited and then it's not just any other night, I, I want people to know, and this is for guys and girls, I'm not into bashing men because I'm a man. And I mean, I, I've been in, right. in, in environments where men yeah. were like just beat all the way down. This, this ain't the podcast no. for that. Men and women, listen to this statement because it applies to both of you. If you are willing in this whole dating with a purpose to wait on sex, you are rehearsing for your marriage. And you say, what do you mean by that? Okay, like I'm in the entertainment industry. That is going to ultimately, I'm, I may not be doing it today, but that is ultimately going to require travel. If I can't go uh, two weeks <laughs> without having sex with my wife because I'm on location, that's a problem. That self-control muscle needs to be developed. And if you can be celibate now, I'm throwing numbers out here, and I know people, I told one girl, <laughs> we had a, a, this was another initial conversation that lasted for five minutes, and it was, it was done. When I said I wanted to be celibate, she started laughing because she thought I was joking. She, just, she almost spit her water out. She was like, oh, you just so, you so crazy. But for real, though, I said, no, but, but for real, though. No, for real. <laughs> and she yeah. was like, that's yeah. impossible. And I was like, no, it's not. And like, we were real cool. And it wasn't, no, you're fired. And you know, you ain't all that. It was none of that. It was all cordial, kind, give you a hug, have a great day. My point is, if you cannot exercise self-control now, what are you going to do when you do get married and you can't have sex with that person all the time? Or they're, they're traveling or you guys are apart, or for whatever reason, they're hospitalized because, God forbid, something happened and there's a car accident or something happens and you're sitting there, well, I'm horny, and she up there on an ICU. So you going to cheat on her? You know, like, we, we, we got to get to the place where, like, our body, our penis, our vagina does not tell us what to do. It doesn't dictate our decisions because sex, now, now Dwight, I'm going there, marriage is not a solution for, uh, you know, sexual, a lack of self, uh, self-control sexually. No, you're right. And I, listen, I talk to teens and young adults all the time, and I tell them this, eventually you got to get out the bed. You're only going to be in the bed for like, you know, a few minutes at most. <laughs> you got to get out the bed. No, it's true. You know, you, you might make it a couple minutes. Sure. But you got to get I might up, can give you seven. Okay? I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fin- okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm about to talk about the honeymoon because I'm gonna tear the whole hotel room down. Go ahead, <laughs> swinging from the Believe chandelier. It. You, you gotta, you gotta get out the bed. What do I mean by that? You can't have sex all day, every, every day. day. So if that's what your relationship is built on, it's just it, your relationship's gonna be just like your sex, not last yeah. long. So you have to be able to get to the point where you value her for more than what she does in the bedroom, and then you value him for the same exact reason. You have, like, younger people, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to the younger people now, who they think it's, they'll get married, and then all that'll be fixed. Because, yeah. you know, you know, the good book says it's, it's better to marry than to burn. burn. Well, you just gonna have to burn for a little <laughs> bit, because it's not going to work. Yeah. You think you getting married is going to fix it. It's a part of the solution. Yeah. 
But no, come on, ma'am. You gotta, you have to uh, appreciate her, value her for more than that. Yeah. Well, D, let, let me say this, man, and, and I, I don't feel that we have to cut this off, and I know we'll probably get comments from listeners that I really believe that they're going to give us positive feedback about this conversation, regardless of how long it lasted. Um, but two things I want to say quickly, and, you know, and whatever closing remarks you have. But, dude, when you talk about everything you're saying about waiting and, um, you know, talking to the younger people, um, one thing is... When it comes to you abstaining, so to speak, if we can say that word without people being offended, um, it's it's not a solution. There was two things that I was just thinking about. One, you got to be very, 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 very careful, even as you're single, because if you are trying to find creative substitutes, I put it that way, marriage is not going to satisfy you. And, And I'll be explicit. If you are addicted to pornography right now and you're like, yeah, you know, we're we're reading the book, dating to, you know, the weight and we're dating with a purpose. And but but in your head, you're thinking that he or she because women watch pornography, too. If you're thinking that he or she, once you guys get married, are going to do all of the tricks that you've been watching and every day is going to be a fantasy and you realize that that person got to go to work and they got to help with the kids. And they got to cook and they got to clean and they got to cut the grass and they got to do real life. And you find out that that dude's middle name is not Stallion. And, you know, and her uh, uh, stripper name is not Delicious. And you find out that they're a real human being. But in your head, you corrupted yourself so much that your expectations were wrong. That's another reason why I'm just an advocate for celibacy before marriage. I'm not telling people, like, I love what you said, D. What if people have already done it? Well, welcome to the club. We all made mistakes. Right. That doesn't disqualify us from having a great relationship or a great marriage. Get up and realize it didn't work. But one thing Dwight used to tell me years ago just about life is if you do the same things expecting to get different results, that's the epitome of insanity. So let's try to do things differently and see if we get better results. What you think? No, I agree with that. I know I completely agree. It's it goes back to finding your purpose, right? Now you said you gotta have, you gotta get up, you gotta get out to bed, you got bills to pay, you gotta go to work, you have kids, you know, <laughs> that dog, that dog needs to eat. <laughs> Benson needs to eat, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> God bless Benson. God bless them. Now you can't, you can't do all that just having sex. And you know, I know we're their their listeners are like, okay, you y'all didn't belittle this, you didn't beat this this horse thing with a dead horse. <laughs> now, but it's I mean, it is so honest. I've seen relationships destroyed, Tim, because of sex. Oh, me too. People who love each other and really, really care about each other, but they've had this misconception about the sexual aspect of their relationship and it destroyed everything else they built. Yeah. It is a it is a pivotal point and moment in every single relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I know this we're talking about dating and you know we're moving towards marriage and things like that. As you're thinking about going towards marriage, my suggestion is to get counseling. Now, I'm married to a therapist, and so I'm probably bent more towards the therapy aspect of things. But therapy, Tim, is so important. 
And if you're talking about getting married, my advice is to see, seek marriage and family therapy, yeah. seek a counselor, go to church, get premarital counseling, however you want to do it. But that part is so important because it is in those moments when you're sitting across from someone who is neutral, where you're going to discover the red flags, if there are any, and really talk your way through them. Yeah. And sex is going to come up. Yeah. So you got to talk this out. Well, and D, let me let me just say this because I mean, I just love this conversation, bro. Because I live here, so thank you for coming to my house today and and, and counseling me, Pastor Dwight. Um, guys, <laughs> those that are listening, there is, and we alluded to this before on the marriage podcast, but it, it's worth repeating because there's people that are just listening to this episode for the first time and they never even heard that episode. There's something more important than intercourse in life, not just in dating, and that is intimacy. I am a strong advocate. We're not telling you, like when you look at abstinence as like deprivation, you're looking at it wrong. Like if I fast, like in my faith, if I say I want to, you know, go on a three-day fast, I'm not depriving myself of food for three days. I'm really focusing on prayer and focusing on you know, uh, the adjustments that I need to make. I'm shifting my attention, that's all. I'm not depriving myself of a hamburger. And when you look at um, abstinence, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, celibacy. celibacy. Then I-, I want you to know, shift your attention to intimacy. Me personally, I'm an extremely affectionate person. I love to hold hands. I love to hug. I love to kiss. I love to laugh. I love to talk. I love you know, uh, the, the, the camaraderie, the connection, the chemistry between a man and a woman. My point in saying that is focus on those things. They matter more. If you don't marry your best friend and you're trying to marry, you know, the freak of the week, then you got a problem. That's, That's a recipe for divorce. Because as soon That's as your it. freakiness starts to go from a 10 to a 3, and that person's <laughs> going to get bored with you. You ain't hanging from the chandeliers no more. You didn't grab one yeah. leg, slap a cheek, and put some baby oil on my face. <laughs> then, yeah. then I'm out. But if you marry your best friend who you walk down the beach with, instead of always having to be up in the house at one o'clock in the morning, walk at the beach, go talk, go, go to the movies, go hiking together, hold hands, kiss, like be, be best friends. That's what I'm looking at when I look at my friend Dwight. And this is not flattery. This is just my friend. And he wouldn't be my friend if I didn't respect his character. I look at the foundation that he and his wife built and it was established on friendship. And they are still best friends to this day. That's my girl. Boom. No. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, man, at some point we got to drop the mic. But but if you have any closing remarks, man, go for it. No, I'll just go to say this, that that friendship aspect is so important. You know, you, was, you gave your like whole profile there a minute ago. He was talking about long walks on the beach. And- <laughs> that was my E-Hard <laughs> like, profile. Right. But listen, develop a friendship. Now, it is okay to be friends of someone with the opposite sex. Yes. For a purpose. Now, just listen, and I'll make this quick. When you're, when you're dating... That friendship aspect is so important because when them arguments start and you have them disagreements, you still you still have that friendship component in mm. place. I married my best friend. 
Crystal is my best friend. And so everything we do, you know, do we hold hands and hug everywhere we go? No, but we laugh and, you know, we laugh every single day. <laughs> Find something, even if it's at each, even if it's at each other. You know, to be like, we laugh so much to the point sometimes people look at us like, okay, y'all are crazy. Yeah. Like, like y'all, y'all need serious help. So develop that friendship. So I'll just end it on this, Tim, and we'll just cut it off. The most important aspect of dating with a purpose is that aspect of communicating and being friends first. Mm. I love it. Guys, we gave you a mouthful. Until next time, this is the session. We out. Subscribe to our YouTube page by clicking the link below. There you'll find links to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Make sure you turn on your notifications so that you don't miss any future episodes. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to the session. Bye.